to the Adam Schefter Podcast. As we tape this Tuesday morning, July 25th, every NFL team now officially has reported to training camp. Football is back, officially. Everybody is working, including Saquon Barkley, the Giants running back, who essentially caved quickly, didn't even last through the start of camp, being on the sidelines, there have been a lot of discussion that he may not be there till the end of the summer, maybe even could miss some of the regular season, and in fact, he will not miss a single day of training camp. And he will not miss a single day of training camp because the Giants essentially sweetened his deal by giving him $2 million up front of the same franchise tag that he would have had last week and adding a million dollars worth of incentives. And here are the incentives. There's $303,000 paid to him if he goes out and rushes for 1,300 yards. There's another 303000 that's paid to him if he scores 11 touchdowns. And there's another 303000 paid to him if he catches 65 passes. So there are the three thresholds for Saquon Barkley to earn up to an extra million dollars this year. If he rushes for 1,300 yards, if he scores 11 touchdowns, if he catches 65 passes. Basically, if he's Saquon Barkley, he gets another million dollars. But let's keep in mind here, Saquon Barkley turned down $23 million in guaranteed money from the New York Giants on a two-year deal. And while running backs are convening and discussing better ways for them to get paid, Saquon had a chance to get paid. $23 million, which in this running back market is a lot of money. And he decided not to take that. And his holdout never even became a holdout. And he essentially caved early on and now is back in camp. And that's a risk that he's taking on himself, which he was going to have to do all along once he didn't take the long-term deal. It's a major victory for the Giants, not as much so for Saquon. He did get something out of it in the end, so he should be applauded for that. But this is not a great outcome in the end for him. But the Giants are in a great spot. Last week at the owners' meetings, John Mara was there, and I heard somebody say, what's the deal with Saquon? And John Mara himself said, I'm very upset about it. But as of this morning, he can't be very upset about it because Saquon is back. He's back with a deal that added a million dollars worth of incentives. And the deal doesn't even have any restrictions on it to where the Giants can't tag him again after this season if that's what they want. So if Saquon goes out and achieves that million dollars in incentives, the Giants can tag him again after the season and be right back where they are in the position to try to negotiate a long-term deal so the Giants get a major victory Saquon gets $1 million of incentives, and there is one less running back here to watch as the season gets ready and all teams are in camp. And you know who else is in camp? The new Washington Commanders. What a historic day for that franchise. And last week at the owners' meetings when Josh Harris and his group were unanimously approved, we had the chance to sit down with him. And he is the subject of this week's podcast. But... I said to him, and you'll get to hear it in the conversation, that I don't believe there's ever been an NFL owner in history, and there might not be an owner in all of sports history, 
who's ever been more embraced, supported, welcomed? Like, what other NFL owner was this despised that the city couldn't wait to have a new owner? One that came to mind was Art Modell, the former owner of the Cleveland Browns, who moved the franchise to Baltimore. But that was quick and sudden, because up until then, Art Modell was beloved in the city. And the team was angry about the move, and rightfully so. But in the end, when Al Lerner agreed to acquire the new Cleveland Browns, yes, they were going to be loved. But this is different. This is two and a half decades of ineptitude, incompetence, and essentially ruining what once was a crown jewel franchise. And so Josh Harris and his group get to come in and make their mark on this new franchise. And even though he doesn't say this specifically in the following conversation we're going to have, I believe that Josh Harris is going to wind up making wholesale changes there over time. He's going to wait to see things play out, but I don't think he's going to keep the commander's name in time. Obviously, he's going to have a new stadium in time. And then he'll get the chance to judge the head coach, Ron Rivera, the general manager, Martin Mayhew, and make his own decisions about who he wants to keep. But I don't think over time he's committed to anybody in time. Now, if they have a great season and they prove their worth and they deserve to stick around, then yes, he'll be open to that. But when I say wholesale changes, I mean that he's going to be open to everything and all things are on the table. And for those who don't know, Josh Harris co-founded Apollo Global Management, one of the world's largest alternative investment firms in 1990. He held a leadership role in the company until 2022 when he shifted his focus to sports management. He co-founded Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment in 2017, and he's the principal owner of the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers and the NHL's New Jersey Devils. In May, he entered into a purchase agreement with Daniel Snyder to purchase the Washington Commanders for a North American team record $6.05 billion. The purchase was officially approved by NFL owners last week. And one other note about that, in talking to somebody who was a part of that deal and the previous deal with the Commanders, somebody said that the most difficult deal they ever had to do with an owner purchasing a team was Daniel Snyder purchasing the then Washington Redskins. And that same person told me the most difficult deal they had to do with the team owner was Daniel Snyder selling the Washington Commanders. So Daniel Snyder, according to people who essentially were familiar with the negotiations, was difficult to deal with on the way in. He was difficult to deal with on the way out. And now the Washington Commanders are under the control of Josh Harris and his partners. Josh, first of all, congratulations. This is a historic day for you, your group, the city of Washington. What will you remember about the day that you and your group were approved as the new owners of the Washington Commanders? Look, it's an amazing day, obviously, for me personally and for our group. And it's an amazing vote of confidence to be accepted unanimously into the NFL, uh, an incredible league. and so I'm going to remember, you know, it's a high note. Uh, I grew up a Washington football fan. I grew up walking into RFK. Uh, actually, my earliest memory was watching uh, Mike Bass. Uh, or one of my earliest memories was watching Mike Bass block Aero Upremian's uh, kick and, like, run it back 99 yards. The com- commanders, then Redskins, lost 14-7 to to the uh, 
Miami Dolphins, but uh, you know that that was these memories are with me. Walking in RFK, seeing, hearing the thunderous crowd, feeling the place rumble. I remember all that stuff, and so the chance to be a part of something that you grew up with like that—that's a part of you—is uh, an amazing experience. I mean, but at the same time, you know, I feel I'm going to have a lot of sleepless nights. I feel I know that it's on me now uh, to deliver for the city of Washington. What will that feel like having sleepless <clears throat> nights? You know, I have a lot of them anyway, uh, but uh, there'll be more. Uh, look, I think it's an awesome responsibility. It's not just fun. Uh, if you're uh, allowed to or, and you have the blessing to own an NFL franchise, uh, you know, the city's depending on you to win, to compete and win championships. Uh, city's depending on you to create memories, the me like memories that I had. Uh, and, and the city wants you to engage in the community. So I have a lot of, and we have a lot of our ownership group which has got a lot of great people in it. Um, we have a lot to do. And so uh, on the one hand, you're super excited and you're you know, in the high of the moment. On the other hand, you're thinking about all the stuff that you have to do uh, to create a new dawn of Washington football. You're saying a lot to do, like what? Yeah, I think literally it comes down to, um, initially obviously we're getting uh, to the uh, season on the eve of training camp, I mean, as you know, uh, as uh, an owner of a franchise, uh, you know, a lot, a lot has been done in the offseason at this point. Uh, so we're going to have to engage with the coaching staff and understand what they're doing. Uh, much of what uh, is going to happen on the field has already been anointed. Uh, I think, uh, but for us uh, today, the priorities are, you know, how do we uh, do quick hits and improve the fan experience, uh, egress, ingress, uh, signage, little things. Uh, obviously, when some uh, fan comes into your stadium, I look at it as they're coming into your house uh, and you want it to be an amazing experience for them. And so that there's gonna be a lot of work there. Uh, we have to get at it and uh, meet the management team and understand what's going on in the business. Uh, and then we have to uh, engage in the community. Uh, and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, when people um, show up at sports, at football in particular, um, they, uh, the, the, it has the ability to bring a uh, city together, but you know it's important as the uh, owner of a football team of a club to set that example where uh, people feel like you're doing the right thing for the community. And we do that obviously in other cities. We do it in Philly. We do it in Newark, and you know, and 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 all over in the cities that we play and uh, compete. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But you mentioned engaging the community, and I would make the argument. I would state the case that you come into this position more embraced, more welcomed, more supported than any owner in the history of the NFL. Not so much as because of who you are, but because of everything that the franchise has been through and what Dan represented mm -hmm. over the last two and a half decades. How do you take that feeling of goodwill and turn it into something positive for this <coughs> franchise? Look, we have a honeymoon period, uh, and obviously I'm a hometown boy. I have a lot of friends in the city. Um, I grew up there. Uh, my mom is there. My cousins, my best friend from high school, they'll all be uh, in Washington when we are finally closed the deal. Uh, but, um, you know, we have to deliver. Like I said, at the end of the day, when you own a sports franchise, uh, it's about winning. And uh, there's 32, 31 other owners that are really good at what they do, they want to win too. 
And Jesus say you want to win, uh, but our job is to compete and win championships. Uh, that's where the city is really going to feel it. Uh, and, and, and it's not easy. Uh, and then obviously we need to deliver for the fans. Uh, they need to want to engage. Uh, you know, I was there when the Red, the command, Redskins then, the commanders then Redskins won three Super Bowl championships. I was there for the parade. I saw the city come out and come together. I mean, Washington obviously has, uh, is a very diverse city. Uh, it's got the whole political environment. And, you know, the one thing that when I was growing up uh, that united the city, or one of the major things was the Redskins, the commanders, then Redskins. And I want to bring back that feeling. So all of these things are ingredients in terms of what we have to do. So the honeymoon period is great, but we have to deliver. Well, this franchise was once a jewel. And over the right. last two plus decades, it was not. It's become something of a <clears throat> laughingstock. What was it like for you as somebody who's from Chevy Chase, Maryland, who grew up rooting for this team to watch the state of this organization in recent decades? Yeah, look, one, I think obviously this is, a, this is a new era for Washington football. And everyone wants to uh, be with a team that's winning. Uh, and, uh, and so that's our job is to create that again. And, you know, we uh, have taken uh, teams uh, in Philly, in New Jersey, that weren't doing as much winning, uh, they weren't as engaged with the community, and we've created uh, elite franchises that are competing. Uh, we haven't taken any championships yet, but we're gonna you know, put our all into doing it. We're not gonna be outworked. And Washington is a bigger stage, a bigger version of that, uh, where we have to deliver uh, and, and excite the city. And a lot of it comes down to being in that uh, position of winning. And so, yeah, I, I actually love it when uh, my hometown team is winning versus I'd rather see them winning versus not winning. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. Josh, you've referred to Philadelphia, you referred to New Jersey. We're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers that you own, yes. the New Jersey Devils yes. that you own. What did you learn from those experiences that you can imply that you can apply to Washington to make this team turn around as quick as fans want it to. Yeah, what I've learned is that um, 
the, the, the three ingredients that we're focused on. I've learned that um, obviously you need to uh, engage with the city. You need to be transparent. Uh, you need to uh, you, you need to not be outworked, and you need to position the franchises to win. Uh, and I, that can be done through draft, through free agency, through trades. Uh, and, you know, we avail ourselves of all those things. Um, you know, obviously, to compete and win, you need uh, edges, whether that be sports science, whether it be analytics, whether it be investing in new training facilities, new stadiums, new, new practice facilities. Uh, and so all of these experiences uh, are going to help us uh, in Washington. Um, and... And we've also learned that it's not, there are no shortcuts to the top, that it takes the time that it takes. Uh, and, and, and so we really look for a long-term uh, winning culture. Uh, we try to build, we try to attract the best and the brightest talent and then build. And to do that, you need a great culture. And so these are all the learnings that we've done. I mean, last thing I would say is in Philly, in Philly and in New Jersey, you know, we, we work in the cities. We work in the communities. Uh, I remember in COVID, we literally spent uh, $7 million. We bought uh, medical equipment, food, laptops, and, you know, we help an enormous amount of uh, communities in need, uh, sports for life. I mean, so all this stuff is how you engage the community. Uh, and then, but ultimately it does come back with build, to building that winning franchise. How active will you be in terms of the day-to-day -day operations or the general overall well-being of this franchise. <clears throat> yeah, so ultimately all this is on me, long run, and, and the uh, fans in the city are depending on me. Having said that, uh, my approach is to hire or, and retain the best and the brightest talent. So, uh, you know, in, uh, obviously in Philly, uh, we have Nick Nurse and Daryl Moore and Elton Brand in New Jersey, obviously uh, Tom and Lindy. Uh, and, and so I ultimately try to bring in the best sports people. You know, a lot of people come into sports, uh, and they're, they're big fans and they might be good at business or good at, uh, finance. And they say, I'm going to make a lot of player decisions. I don't personally think, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm on the player decisions. I see what they're doing. I hold them accountable, but I let the, uh, sports, uh, organizations, I try to attract the best sports organizations and then give them the investment cap, the amount of money they need to win, and I allow them to make decisions. And obviously, if the decisions don't work out, ultimately, you have to, as an owner, be there to change things here and there. But I am very focused on uh, building the best sports organizations, and I look forward to getting to know Ron uh, and Martin and Marty and the entire Eric and the entire sporting organization, the Commanders. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So you mentioned Ron Rivera, the head coach, Martin Mayhew, the general manager, Marty Herney in the front office. So these men will be with the team this season? Yes. And will they then be evaluated? Where are you in terms of hiring and retaining people for the future of this organization? Yeah, so literally we're just getting here and uh, we know what we know from the outside. We've had an opportunity to meet some of them. 
Uh, but we look forward to getting to know them a lot over the season. I mean, obviously, when you look over the last three years, they've improved the team uh, in a difficult environment. And so uh, it's day one, and we're excited to get to know them and see what they do. How much do you know about this football roster? You know, I know, I know what a fan knows. I mean, the uh, NFL is pretty strict about allowing you access before you're an owner. What do you know about the team's quarterback situation? Yeah, I mean, obviously I know all about that and I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field and seeing what Ron decides to do with that. You brought up a stadium. Where are you on the stadium issue? Being that you'll have three areas that I would think would have an interest in having a new stadium built there. You'll have Maryland, you'll have Virginia, you'll have Washington, D.C. What can fans expect and what are you expecting here in the coming future? Yeah, so obviously we're getting here on the eve of training camp and, you know, our first focus is going to be on football, making sure that the uh, football organization, the players, the coaches, the front office have uh, what they need to have a winning season, uh, hopefully a playoff season. Uh, I think uh, then uh, we're going to be trying to improve the fan experience and obviously that doesn't happen overnight, but, you know, the season is six weeks away and maybe we can make, make a difference. Uh, whether that's uh, improving fan access or signage or fixing some stuff. And then uh, obviously we're going to get at it in the community. And look, the ultimately uh, where the commanders end up playing is an incredibly important uh, decider of, of how a fan uh, feels. And so uh, it's going to be, we look forward to digging in on that learning. And we are blessed that it feels like a lot of the area wants a commander's team with them. Do you have a vision of what an NFL stadium would look like in an ideal world in your mind? Yeah, I think we're 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 just getting into it. I mean, obviously we're not we're not we're knowledgeable about the age of the stadium, what it looks like, what we need to do, but uh, we're just getting into the details. And what are and where are you on the name of the franchise because <clears throat> under the Snyder ownership, there were three name changes and two playoff wins. Right. Do you like the commander's name? You sticking with that? You know, it's not important what I like. It's important what the fans in the they city like. They don't like the name. And uh, like, I, like I said, we're getting um, into all this stuff. You know, what I love about Washington is the fans, especially the football fans, are passionate about a lot of issues. They're passionate about all kinds of things. And But we're focused on the three priorities I said earlier, which is uh, the football season, uh, the community, and fan experience right now. I have to ask you if you ever could have imagined growing up in Maryland, one day purchasing this Washington football franchise for the price that you would wind up paying a North American record $6.05 billion. What would have been more unimaginable, owning this team or owning this team at the price you bought them at? I think both. Uh, listen, my, my grandfather was a U.S. postal worker in Philly. My mom uh, was a teacher in Philly. I moved to Washington when I was one. My dad was an orthodontist. Never in my wildest dreams did I believe that I would have the opportunity to own and impact in a positive way my hometown team. And, you know, in the Jewish religion, we call it Beshert. Uh I'm a man of faith. I believe there, there must be someone who's put me on this mission. And I'm very excited about the future and the new era of Washington football. And if I could give you a choice of winning a Vince Lombardi trophy, <clears throat> an NBA championship trophy, or a Stanley Cup, what would be your choice there? That's Josh? like asking, like, which of your fingers do you like best? I'll take them all. <laughs> all. I'll take them all. <laughs> and before I let you go, we've addressed a number of issues. We touched on stadium, 
name for the franchise, future of personnel. But I think here's the question that fans really want to know in the end. Are you going to keep or trade James Harden? You know, we're, uh, we're very appreciative of James. Uh, and we, uh, we hope, we want him to be happy. We hope we can excite him about staying in Philly. Josh, thank you very much for the time today. Congratulations on the purchase and lots of luck in the future. Thank you very much. And there is the new owner of the Washington Commanders, Josh Harris, who clearly has been a huge success in business and in life, but still is getting used to figuring out how to deal with his new role as the front man of the Washington Commanders, having purchased the team for a record $6.05 billion. Did you notice that last question about James Harden? It was just a joke. We threw it in there. Yes, are we curious about what's going to happen with James Harden? Of course. And if... Josh Harris were comfortable in that setting and more used to being in a setting like that, he might have just said, Adam, we've essentially had a historic day here. we got a lot of work to do. We'll get to James Harden another day. Today is about the commanders. But he was so taken aback by hearing a question about James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers that I don't think he essentially was able to adjust because I think it was off script. They had gone over all the talking points about things he should and shouldn't say. And in this particular case, that was a little bit of a curveball. But Josh Harris is going to be great for that city. He is going to be a huge asset. He's going to be beloved already. They're going to have a huge honeymoon. He and his limited partners there in Washington. And they have the opportunity to be heroes for life in the city in which he grew up rooting for his beloved Washington Redskins. So good luck to Josh Harris. Thank you very much for the time that he gave us last week at the owners' meetings, and we look forward to watching the Commanders this season. All right, like I mentioned, every team back in camp, and we're going to get a whole host of stories every day now going forward. There are all sorts of issues to track and watch, and as we record this early Tuesday morning, Saquon Barkley is back with the Giants, essentially coming into camp sooner than most people thought he would, and I think even he himself planned to. We still have free agent running back Dalvin Cook out there, and again, we taped this Tuesday morning. I won't be surprised if by the end of the week, maybe sooner, he has a new deal. There'll be other new deals coming up. It's a lot of stuff going on, not to mention the Jets getting ready to debut on Hard Knocks on Tuesday, August 8th. Devin White and Buda Baker, two players who requested trades. They both have reported to training camp. We'll get to see how Brock Purdy is recovering from his elbow injury, how Jimmy Garoppolo is progressing from his foot injury, which clearly sounds like it's going absolutely great. There are questions about how Stephon Diggs will fit in in Buffalo. We continue to see gambling suspensions. And this is before camps and practices are really fully underway. Also want to mention last week, our second guest after Laramie Tunsil, was the great Alan Brand, who helps run the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. They had their annual golf classic that we talked about on Monday at Wingfoot in Westchester, New York, and the event raised almost a million dollars for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation, a great event, a great cause with great people. Alan Brown is an inspiration, and for anybody who might have missed the conversation that we had for him in this space last week. Please go back and listen to him. He is an inspiration to all, so we thank him for his time and congratulate him on the success of this week's Golf Classic. All right, we'll be back in this spot again next week. 
We want to thank the new owner of the Washington Commanders, Josh Harris, for his time. I want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, for putting together this podcast once again, and you, the listener, for tuning in. We'll be back in this spot next week with more information, insights, interviews. Until then, have a great week. Be well and stay safe.